Hello, this is Joe with Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine, how is long? You have a great show of a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? We ate fifty four wieners. So listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Welcome to the second hour of the show. Moving right along here this evening. Hmm. Aha. I see what I did there. This is the Barbecue Central Show. We talk about Barbecue Central Show items like what's happening in the live fire industry. If you've missed the first hour... You miss Dustin Green, the, I'm going to say, new pitmaster, new to us, because for years and years it was Kevin Coleman, but no longer. Now it's Dustin Green, grill master of Weber Grills, webergrill.com, or just weber.com. We talked about the Genesis that will be coming out spring of 2022, but we don't have a firm date on which to put a thumbtack in. So we'll just leave it meandering out into the spring of 2022. Look, when anybody says to me, oh, well, we're dealing with things that's like anybody else. I'm like, oh, oh shit. In the daytime, what I'm dealing with on the production side is really not good. And the outlook is really even worse. And there's allotments and there's all this other stuff. So I don't want to hear like everybody else because then that's really bad. So I'm hoping that from a grill standpoint, it's not like everybody else. It's actually a little bit better and we can see those new Genesis cookers. I was looking, I did a bunch of research on them today. I read Derek Rich's article that he wrote about them. They're expensive. They're more expensive than they have been. Everything is going to be more expensive this year than it ever has been. You've heard about inflation. You've heard about everything else. There's surcharges. There's transportation issues. There's transportation surcharges. Everything is just going to be more expensive. So the raise that you got that maybe you've never got before or you haven't got one in years is quickly going to be depleted because everything else that you're buying because you think you're a little bit more rich, costs more. So it's going to be a net wash at best. But it is a bit more of an expensive grill. And then you have the option of getting that Weber crafted. You can hang some grill grates. They have the accessories, the flat top, flat top cooking, very popular still. And now you can add a really good size flat top. I think it's half the grill in size. When you buy that Genesis, and then you have the smart aspect of that as well with the Weber Connect. So if you're in the market this year and you can wait at least until spring, possibly summer, 
then go ahead. And as I had mentioned before, what I had noticed and what had been said in some of the articles that I wrote by other people that might have gotten leaked out information is that every cooker, no matter model on a Weber gas grill, is going to have that sear burner in order to raise the overall BTU. And then that sits over a lot of those accessories that you would put in as well. So if you missed the first hour, you missed a lot in that regard. And you also missed how you can get healthier in 2022 with a visit from David McDowell. Still to come on the show this evening, Jess Priles from Hardcore Carnivore will be joining me from Australia via the clubhouse, I hope. And we will be closing out the show with the host of the Barbecue Beat Podcast, Kevin Sandridge. You can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and the Snappers slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook and Twitch for video feeds slash RD Rempe on YouTube for video feeds. As I had mentioned in the first hour, if you're on Facebook and YouTube, while you're probably getting the video feed of this, I'm not seeing any comments because there is an issue between my streaming software and Facebook not playing right. And when those two play, don't play right. And it also causes YouTube to not play right. So get over to Twitch, twitch.tv slash BBQ Central Show, where you can still see the video feed and I can still see your comments. Or you can scrap all of that and race over to Clubhouse and get the audio only. That's the best way to do it. You can just hear me. No reason to look at us. Just listen to us talk about the fun and frivolousness of live fire. Also, and lastly, you can get a pod. Uh, an ad-free podcast feed experience through patreon.com slash BBQ Central Show or in the Apple Podcast app. Just find the show and subscribe right there within the app and away you go. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less this Friday, episode 212, featuring me! Yes! From time to time, John Solberg will squeeze me in with a rant or a take or something where it's just me. And this time I talked about celebrating what was then 2008, the four-year anniversary of the Barbecue Central Show in the live format. Again, February 8th, 2012 is when this particular segment is pulled from. So in a few weeks, we will be celebrating the close of year 14 of the live show, if you can believe it. And 16 years of the show in total. Remember, if you're new to the show, this was originally a podcast-only show and then evolved into a live show after the first two years, but kept throwing the show into the podcast feed, even after it went live, which leads to this debate, which we always talk about. And you know, here we go. Is this show a podcast or is it a live show that after air becomes a podcast. I say the latter, but Stover Harger III, or SH3, as I affectionately refer to him, says the former. So we leave it up to you in the chat room. Is the show a podcast, and that's how you only think of it? Or is it a live show first that happens to become a podcast after the fact? I will leave it up to you. Send me emails, greg at com, or react to me on instant chats. And I will give you a tally next week. Don't forget, if you want to hear from a guest or a segment on a show that has been lost in the archive somewhere, shoot John an email and let him know what you would like. J-O-N at the BBQCentralShow.com. Don't forget the 
J-O-N at thebbqcentralshow.com and let him know what you would like to hear and he'll do his best to meet your expectations. And then there's this. Uh-oh. Gang, if it's one thing I love, it's cartoons. Especially when it's a cartoon of somebody that I know. And last week, I was exposed to a cartoon of none other then monthly guest to this show, Sam the Cooking Guy. If you're listening on podcast, I apologize. You're going to want to go back to the second hour, about uh, eight or nine minutes in here to the top of the hour segment, and take a look at this satirical Sam the Cooking Guy animation that uh, somebody made. Uh, it's like, I forget exactly what it's Who cares what it's called? Check this out. This is unbelievable. Gorgeous. Okay, so today we are making some burgers. Right, boy. Right off the bat, I know what you're going to say. What is going on with Sam's neck? Get over that. I don't know why they did that. It's weird. Sam's neck doesn't look like that. I'm not taking up for him. I just know what he looks like. Everything else visually is incredible. The Traeger's in the back. Evo's off to Sam's left. He's got the fat means flavor that I'm effing delicious. He's got the grill behind him. It's the perfect setup, exactly like he's cooking it. Sam looks really good otherwise. And if you're a fan of Sam's cooking show, listen to the minutia these guys pick out to make it right. Burgers. Right, boys. Right. That is Max. And then part-time Chance, who seems to be just a tripod, a head on a tripod. That's weird. So first, we are going to get our ground beef. Looking gorgeous. And we are going to throw gorgeous. in some of this kid. <laughs> Shut up, Astro. Nobody cares. Sorry. Does anybody get that reference? There was a number of shows that Sam was doing where the backyard neighbor's dog, Astro, would just randomly bark while they were taping. They would yell at the dog. And then Minutia, like Sam using the word kid all the time. It's great. I love it. For all the loud barking, babe. Anyways, and we what, boys? And we mix. And we mix, boys. And we mix. That's right. I love the way that you smell. Let's mix this gorgeous, gorgeous kid with our hands, Maxie. We're going to use Maxie. our hands. Drop the Maxie gotta, in there. You got to, like, really dig in there. Oh, mama. And put your kids onto their presentation side down. Ow. Ow. Ow, that's hot. Dude, gorgeous, babe. Okay, and now we build. Right, boys. Right. Let's put on some Japanese mayo. Perfect. Don't be cheap. Oh, uh, yeah, I'd say that's about a teaspoon. <laughs> some green onions to dress her up. Don't be cheap. And there you have it, boys. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Mother, may I? Mother, Looking may than I? my wife. Come on. Dang. <laughs> All right. Unbelievable. I mean, it is so good. I can't believe it. That guy hit on all the minutiae, the kids, the Japanese mayo, the maxi line. I mean, perfect. Inspired me so much. I'm reaching out to these guys to see if they will take on doing some animation for me. How about that? Yes. But more to come on that later. Hopefully, we'll see Jess Pryle show up in the clubhouse room here in a few short moments. 
Not sure exactly how that's going to work, but it's worked in the past. Why not? Did you know? Did you know? People who set goals four to six weeks before they start are three to ten times more likely, yes, ten times more likely to achieve their fitness goals. Be honest. How long have you been looking to use uh, use and lose a few pounds? How long has that been on your to-do list? Probably a while. Now, listen, we love the show because we love barbecue. And I know a lot of us make a habit of getting second, third, fourth servings because barbecue is delicious. But what effect has that had on an activity level that's not what it used to be? Think about that. What's happening over the last handful of years? Maybe you've heard that having a dad bod was cool. Well, take it from a stud like me. There's nothing sexy about wearing your gluttony everywhere you go, not to mention being overweight increases the risk of all causes of mortality, including strokes, most cancers, coronary artery disease. The list goes on. Luckily, as we learned last hour, my pal and friend of show, backyard barbecue enthusiast and men's health and wellness coach and expert David McDowell, says you can eat barbecue all year around and still lose the fat. fat. With David, you've got assistance around the clock. He's just a text message, an iMessage, a WhatsApp message, or an email away. He's also available to FaceTime, Zoom, WhatsApp, video chat, whenever you need him, even on short notice. Some coaches charging upwards of 500 a month. What? This is for a canned diet plan and maybe one to two check-ins a month. Partnering with David allows you access to a resource who is available effectively 24-7. Things are going so well after he's partnered with the show that now let's do it per month, right? Let's go $200 a month. Come on, let's go. Not $500, not $400, forget it. Don't wait. Get on it now so you can get your best health going in 2022. David, personal guarantee to you. If you're honest, you make the effort. You'll succeed in losing fat. And if you don't, he'll refund you 100% of the money. No questions asked. Ready to go? Hit the website, davidleans.com slash bbq. That's davidleans.com slash bbq. Get on that fitness journey. Come on. All right. I see Jess in Clubhouse. It always wants to be. Oh, very good. We've done it right. And we'll be right back with her. Stick around. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. Head on over to smithfield.com right now for recipes as well as tips and tricks from well-known live fire cooks like Darren Worth, Childs Cridland, and our next guest, Jess Pryles. With mouthwatering flavor, no artificial ingredients, Smithfield Fresh Pork is quite simply some of the finest pork money can buy and the trusted choice of top cooks for use at competitions and at home, smithfield.com, or if you're a competitor, smoking with smithfield.com to fill out some of those committed cooks that are uh, still open or to report your first place finishes in shoulder and ribs. All right, my guest in the second hour, CEO of the Hardcore Carnivore brand of products, a spokesperson 
for a number of Highline products to include. That's Smithfield Pork that we just talked about. Book writers, social media, internet sensation, all that stuff. And a quarterly guest right here on this show for the start of the second year. We race to the hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Jess Pryles. Hey, Jess. Hi, Greg. Honestly, I feel like you should open with quarterly correspondent. That might be at the top of the list. Really? Uh, I mean, sure. All right. Thank you, Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Famer. I really appreciate that coming from you. I probably should have mentioned that, too. <laughs> Man. I'm, I, you know what? We're doing it all I've, over again. I've thrown you for a loop, have I? I, I know And that. also, my Australian accent's going to be extra strong, so I hope you can understand everything. Yes, I certainly have no problem with that. And I would figure that once you're back in the homeland, like these things would just race back to you. So um, let me ask you this, Jess. Are you here... Ready to talk some live fire tonight? So ready. Yeah, I'm actually so ready that I'm in the future, in Australia currently, <laughs> so I can nearly predict what you're going to talk about. Can you uh, can you give me the winning pick three here in Cleveland, Ohio, because it's tomorrow there already? Is that possible? Probably not. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll do it off air <laughs> so only you get it, though. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that the most. Sure. Uh, Australia for the first time in like two years. So... Once you make the travel over there and you get settled in, what do you notice that's the same and, and what do you notice that's different? Uh, it was, it's been a long time. Usually I would come back at least two to four times a year to Australia. Hmm. And obviously with what has happened in the world, I hadn't been back since uh, 2019. So to get to see my family was really awesome. You notice a lot of construction. That's kind of like... You know, like, whoa, that just happened in two years. That's crazy. But there's just, and then there's other things that stay the same. Like I got straight back in the car and, you know, driving on the wrong side of the road just comes straight back to you <laughs> and going to all your favorite food places and all those familiar sights and smells and stuff. I think that's pretty powerful, you know, food memories. I'm a myopic American, of course, so I only think the world revolves around these United States. So as you get back <laughs> over to Australia, what is the tenor of the country there? Is it still pandemic driven? Is everybody sick of it? Uh, how was it? What's life so like? So Australia there? was, they were very successful initially in, um, because they're an island in keeping out any, any form of COVID. Um, and then Delta kind of threw them for a loop and Omicron completely shattered it. So they're mm. getting about 30,000 cases a day right now. So it's well and truly here. Um, and it's, you, you know, there's, Australia has also much been much more traditionally like I guess you'd call them like a helicopter parent of its citizens. So there's a stronger mandates and rules and requirements here too. And there's a ninety five percent vaccination rate. Wow. For the country? Correct. Nice. Jess Priles joining us here on the show. JessPriles.com, her website, also uh, for recipes and stuff. And then if you want products and stuff, go to hardcorecarnivore.com and you can follow her socially. So let's turn into the social portion here just for a second you haven't been like off social media it seemed like you you were down a little bit on it but you've come back over these last handful of weeks and months and to me i see it as a two-headed monster or a two-headed attack one is just priles the educator learning what or or teaching us or telling us what you've learned through the journeys of the meat science program that you're taking at Iowa State. So let's take that one first. Did you make a concerted effort to say, hey, 
not only am I finding this interesting, it's not so highbrow that just the lame person can't understand this and appreciate it as well. So I'm going to go out and share it with my pals. Definitely. Part of it, honestly, was that I always knew, like, I knew a lot of the stuff that I present in videos prior to doing the course. But I think there is something to be said for, you know, a title or formal education kind of giving you an expert status and and formally learning something as well. Um, So I I think it's just really, it's been really important. So obviously, what you're talking about is I've I've had a lot of success in recent months, um, kind of duetting with people's TikToks or like basically meat myth busting online and being like, Hey, by the way, this is, this is safe to eat. And this actually isn't a problem, even though someone posted a video about it being gross. And I think that it hits and it's been doing so well for a combination of two reasons. One, um, it is entertaining and people love, you know, anyone saying to someone else, like, actually you're wrong and here's why. Um, but also (laughs) it's interesting and it's a point of education that people can use in their own homes. Like, you know, uh, why, why can chicken still be pink close to the bone, but safe to eat little, little riddles, meat riddles like that. That was the second part was the, as you called it, the, the, uh, science bus well using science to bust these weird things. So the, the one that comes to my mind specifically, if I misspeak, please correct me, but I think it was something along the lines of a rack of ribs. It was a can of diet, Dr. Pepper or Dr. Pepper or Coke, and you spill the pop, we call it pop, on the ribs, and then magically maggots come out of the, of the rib meat, and it's like, oh, you know, look what you've been eating all along, but you should have been putting pop on your ribs, and you could have seen all these icky nasties that will just get drawn out. Do people think that that's really true? I think for some people it does. So obviously the the spoiler alert with that video was that it was actually just grains of raw rice that the people had sprinkled, you know, they cut the video away, put rice on. And because it's all on people's personal phones, the video quality is suspect. So, you, you know, if they were quick enough, you might not know what you're looking at. And, and you know, there's a general air of distrust of the man mm. right now. And so I think people are looking for like, oh, can I trust it? Is there something wrong with it? And and uh, one of the things about that video is it, it is a form of, um, yeah, I guess you'd call it food fraud. Um, mm. it, it, it's, a, it, it's a whole slippery slope. Um, I think also like I posted a video, it's funny you mentioned this, I posted a video yesterday of a just a recipe, not a meat science thing that was pretty simple. It was shrimp with a piece of smoked sausage in the middle and you skewer them together and you can grill them. Yep. Delicious appetizer. And I started to see comments of people like, don't you devein them? Isn't that, oh, disgusting. She's so gross. And I'm like, clearly, clearly, at least to me, these are deveined shrimp. You can see that they have been previously deveined, but because I didn't specifically mention it in this 60-second clip, um, there was sort of that feedback. So that always surprises me too that people, it's like, well, it's a, it's visual, it's in front of you, and you still missed it. So yeah, I think it's part of the same thing. You know, some people are naive, some people um, maybe aren't that quick on social or don't see it. Maybe the video quality is not good. And maybe some other people want to believe that there's a conspiracy theory out there. Just, I have to come clean and show my ass here. I saw that video and I, I mean, I didn't necessarily think twice about it, but I, I guess I don't know 
what a deveined shrimp looks like. Let me rephrase this. You appear to take the 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 the, the, the shrimp part of the shrimp off, or you're taking the the peel the off shell? of it. Yeah, you're taking the shell off of this thing. So to me, that would also indicate maybe it hasn't been deveined. So how does one know just by looking at that that it that it had been? Because you can clearly see that the back part of it has been opened up and butterflied. Mm. It, it it physically looks different. It's not it's not a, a complete sort of round back of a shrimp. Is there it's an easy way open. to devein a shrimp? Because I I hate messing around with that even. Yeah, there's actually a tool. I mean, I, I don't know if you want to give them the free plug. I, I, I don't care. Not, I don't. I'm not sponsored by them. I just bought one on Amazon. It's called the Frogmore Shrimp Cleaner. Frogmore. And, yeah, and it's this brilliant little tool that lets you devein in one go, and it's quite handy. I have cut myself with it though, so there's that. All right, well, be careful for that. The Frogmore Shrimp Deveiner. So, would you just like ram it yep. down the back and magically just pulls it all out? Yeah, it's got a tiny little blade, and you sort of push it under the shell. It deshells them and deveins them in one fell swoop. Mm. Yeah, because I usually just get that uh, the the pink shrimp already, and just to reheat it real quick, and mm -hmm. uh, that way I just know that the the veins out of it. Uh, look, I, I I fancy myself a little bit more highbrow than the gullible a hole that's going to fall for a lot of the stuff that you're showing on your feed most of the time. But when it comes to the, uh -huh. the shrimp and the vein, uh, I guess I'm a little bit more uh, unknowledgeable. So is that the, so is that like really the poop of the shrimp or is that a, also a myth? No, I'm I, look, I haven't done shrimp anatomy um, and my meat usually extends just to land animals. But as far as I'm aware, it's the poop shoot. It's mm. the disposal unit. All right, so you want to get that out of there for sure. Uh, you don't have. I don't think it's the same as actual like fecal matter on land animals. Yeah. I believe yeah. that it's uh, you can consume it safely. It's just from a grit perspective, it's yeah. not ideal. Wow. All right. Well, I've learned something that uh, that shrimp you were using yesterday and the appetizer did look uh, very delicious and might be something that I try and shoot for this coming weekend because the oldest I, may or may not have a boyfriend coming that I'm trying to impress. So we'll see how that works Oh, and, and Greg, I really didn't think that I would wake up this morning and be talking about shrimp fecal matter today. So you've also made this a special day for me. See, what can I tell you? It's not every day I can talk fecal matter with Jess Pryles of uh, Hardcore Carnival. <laughs> what time, what time is it over there, by the way? Uh, it is 2.26 in the afternoon. Holy moly. So you're uh, 14 hours ahead? Yeah, wow. I'm all the way in the future. All right, no doubt about it. Well, I certainly appreciate, I mean, you know, you're visiting your family and stuff, so the fact that you're taking even a, a modicum of time out here to, to join the show this evening, well, this evening here, this afternoon for you is uh, something I certainly appreciate. If we can tie back to debunking of these uh, social media things that you're finding, are you are they just rolling across your feed, or are you also... Have you found a way to find these and then say, okay, well, I'm going to make a, an Instagram video out of it or, or a TikTok video? In the beginning, it was trying to seek them out um, just with trying to use, you know, different search terms and see what I could find. <laughs> then they started coming across my feed and then people started tagging me in them. Ah. Uh, and I also get a lot now that I've done these, I get a lot of comments and TikTok's a good platform because it allows you to 
make a video reply to a comment with context. So, for example, one I've got in the pipeline is someone's like, you know, I usually say in my videos, hey, I'm Jess from Hardcore Carnivore. I'm also a meat science grad student. And people are like, meat science? What's that? Mm. So now I can make a video that says, glad you asked. This is what meat science is. Mm. So it's sort of this self-perpetuating, um, uh, you know, uh, stone that's uh, rolling down the hill at the moment. Malcolm Reed has really bought into the power of TikTok. He has amassed more than a million TikTok followers in less than a year. He had just wow. surpassed a million YouTube followers and took years upon years. Whole different medium, of course, yeah. but he was very shocked with the amount of followers yeah. that he was gaining. Are you finding that to be a similar fashion? Yeah, and it, you know, it's I like I tell people that you should consider a different currency. You know, um, ten pesos is not ten dollars. Um, TikTok. Uh, when you hit on it, it is easier to grow into much loftier numbers than any of the other social platforms, but the currency isn't the same. So first of all, you know, you've got a, a younger audience there, which from a business perspective and not necessarily purchases, Malcolm obviously has his own brand of seasonings as well. So they might be watching and enjoying the entertainment, but doesn't mean that they're giving back to him mm -hmm. um, or turning into potential customers. Um, and on top of that, I, I think that, you know, it remains to be seen. I've had videos reach 3 million people before and then do nothing for many, many months um, with the other videos after that. So the TikTok algorithm is really unusual as well. But mainly it, it, it seems to reward entertainment more than anything. I'd be surprised if people are actually taking recipes from TikTok because the other thing that, we're seeing with it is a lot of like ASMR, you know, it's oh, yeah. that people aren't even wanting the recipe itself. It's just about how quickly can you chop and make it interesting. And maybe you're giving people ideas, but it's not, it, it is its own thing for sure. But Malcolm's very personable and he has great recipes and he's great to watch. So I'm not surprised that he surpasses all platforms. I'm not a huge TikToker by any stretch of the imagination, but my favorite account, I don't know if you've happened to run across it. I don't even know how the hell stuff shows up on my TikTok feed because I'm hardly on it. But there's this family that the, the husband's a cop. I don't know what the hell the mom is. They got two kids. And it appears that the running gag is to surprise each other with these uh, confetti guns. And, and the dad is obviously quite a marksman. Because the wife will walk into a room, there's a balloon hanging on the ceiling, and he can shoot it with a crossbow of some sort, and it's got paint or some other nonsense in it, and it falls on her head, and then he shoots off the gun, and he goes away. I can't get enough of that. I know it's completely childish, what but they would have it down to a science. Are you kidding me? I would never do that. <laughs> never. Oh, my goodness. I mean, she would. <laughs> I think you would see the next TikTok video would be of a wife killing her husband. I think that would be the next video. Yep. yep what, what would you do to Chris if he did that to you? Oh, yeah. yeah. It would be the same thing. Yeah, And you have much it, more it, armament than my wife. Well, and, you know, we're having, now that I'm working with companies like Brownie, too, <laughs> it's a bit of a race to see which of us is more armed. So Yes. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I, I just can't get enough of uh, watching that, but whatever. Um, let me ask you this question before we get to the game. And I let you go. 
I saw a couple, uh, maybe it's been a month ago now, Charbroil brings a thermostatically controlled grill to market. It's it's going to come at some point in the next handful of months, I would suppose. I know the manufacturer, they're out of Canada Winter Products. I don't know if you're familiar with them or not. It's a Charbroil brain, but the construction is done by winter. I thought Weber was going to bring one today as they unveil the new Genesis line, but they don't. Do you think that that's a thing? Is that something that you will see? Obviously, we're going to see one this year in 2022. I don't know if we'll see any more, but in the next three or four years, do you think that we'll see? So do you mean it's like a pellet grill in that it's thermo- you just set the temperature yes, and go? but it's a gas grill. Um, I don't know. I haven't really thought about that because it's less about the ambient heat. With smoking, it's about the temperature that you're running at. With grilling, it's about the direct heat that you're getting. Hmm. So I don't know that the ambient heat would be particularly successful. And that's why the early iterations, at least to me, of you know people saying that you can cook on a pellet grill. Well, no, you can heat a frying pan or a skillet up in a pellet grill and then sear on a hot metal surface successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they're, not, they're not true grills, to me at least, in what I consider grilling to be. Uh, with that transfer of fat onto coals or or, or flame, and and the re, re, you know the cycle continues, um, I can see how it would work just because people have now been uh, exposed to pellet grills and the convenience, and I can see how they would look with that with their gas grill as well. But you just don't really cook like that when you're grilling; it's hot and fast, so you don't need that precision of temperature. And most grilling recipes won't say you know hold it at this temp for this long. It'll just, you know what I'm, you know what I mean? You don't get, re- you don't get temperature instructions as much as you do with smoking recipes. I think so you, you might get guidelines, but if you're a good griller, you know that those guidelines don't mean much. You don't think that because we're going to be seeing one, it's going to beget a number of different thermostatically controlled gas grills over the next couple of years, then? Possibly, but I don't think that gas grills have ever had a problem, you know, getting their fair market share because they're so easy to use. Whereas smokers are cumbersome to use and difficult, and difficult to control the temperature. So bringing something in where they are—I mean, it's nearly like pellet grills are to smokers as gas grills are to charcoal. So it nearly the convenience already exists. Hmm. Uh, Just Pryles joining us here on the show. JustPryles.com, her website for recipes and culinary and hardcore carnivore dark. Okay, hardcorecarnivore.com for all the other apparel and tools and things like that. Hey, Jess. Yeah. You want to play a game? Uh, Always, Greg. Always. All right. Well, it just so happens that I have a game ready to go, and you know all about it. It's the song game that we play here with Jess. But before we get to that, let's meet our contestant. Jess, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Jess, currently in Australia, but usually in Austin, Texas, and I am a meat nerd. So looking forward to this being, I I don't feel I've gotten a single song quiz right (laughs) with you ever, even though I know I'm right, and it's your taste that's terrible. So let's see. All right. Well, after that, how can we argue? Aggressive. Well, we're starting right out here in 2022 to see if we can't turn or stem the tide, as it were, and get you on the winning side. So between these two songs, Jess, which is the better Men at Work song? Down Under or It's a Mistake? Down Under. Final answer? 
Lock it in. Does 2022 yield the first song victory for Jess Pryles? Is Down Under the best Men at Work song? I thought for sure. I thought for sure that you would say it's a mistake. I almost did that as like a trick easy one. But somehow no, we just can't we can't come together I, on this. I'm sorry, they they specifically mentioned Vegabyte by name in the song. You yes, know, like nobody knows on. what that is, really. They should. If you're into grilling and food, you should, because it's the ultimate umami bomb. Hmm. Is that like widely available here in the States? Can I go to a, a no. grocery store and get it, or do I got to go to like a specialty store? You got to go to a specialty store. I'm sure Amazon has it too. Hmm. But if you drop drop a tablespoon of that in your chili next time you make hmm. it, and then send me a thank you card. All right. Uh, just anything you would like to promote before I let you go back to Australia? Uh, just hardcorecarnivore.com. Find me on all the socials and TikTok at Jess Priles if you like the meat nerd, meat myth busting stuff. And um, I'm kind of a little bit traumatized, but also looking forward <laughs> to the next song quiz. Well, we'll see if we can't put a win in the column in two months or three months. So it's January, February, April. We'll, uh, we'll try it again in April. I always appreciate the time. Fingers though. crossed. Thanks, Greg. Have you a good it. one and greetings from the future. Thank you. There she is, Jess Priles <laughs> in the future. In the year 2000. Remember that from Conan? Of course, everybody. So, what did we learn in that conversation? Vegemite in your chili and thank her later. And thermostatically controlled grills. Eh, not so hot as Meathead was last week. We'll get Kevin Sandwich's opinion here in just a second on that, of course. But first, I will talk to you about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies. will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at BigPapaSmokers.com has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. Of course, there are the rubs and the sauces, yes. 13 perfectly balanced rubs and sauces. To compliment anything that you're cooking, impress judges and friends. And of course, they're all available at BigPopSmokers.com. Then they have Granny's Barbecue Sauce, which they own. Great all by itself. But if you would like a base sauce that you can tweak, great for that. Or great on its own. If you're tired of what's existing out there, you want something new, Granny's traditional and powerful flavors remind us why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. And of course, they're selling these cookers made right here in America. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac two-star general pellet cooker. Big Papa's the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. If you're not a fan of those, try the Old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, call them. Ask questions, 877-828-0727, or shop their website at bigpopsmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A-Smokers.com. We are back with Kevin Sandridge right after this. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. So. 
Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Thanks again to Jess Bryles for joining us last segment. JessBryles.com for recipes. HardcoreCarnivore.com for gear. And this portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker. The most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet. Currently available in three sizes with a host of accessories to complete your pit barrel cooking experience. If you're a beginner, if you're a professional, you need to add it to the arsenal. Bottom line, visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. Coming out of the bullpen tonight, the host of his own barbecue-related show entitled The Barbecue Beat Podcast. And while I don't have the specifics, it could easily be the second or third longest-running podcast covering the barbecue industry here to talk about the genesis of the show and other live fire topics as well. First timer and host of the barbecue beat, Kevin Sanders. Hey, Kevin. Greg, how are you? I am absolutely fabulous, Kevin. Appreciate you making time for the show this evening. You were in the green room as we were closing out the Jess Pryle segment. So I'm going to reserve one question till the end, but let me start out right with this. Can you believe the Jess Pryles picks Down Under as the best Men at Work song, then it's a mistake. It's a travesty. I can't believe it. What do you think is the better song? Yeah, I, I'm with her, buddy, on this. I, I I can't even tell you that I'd ever even heard the other options. Really? Yeah, really. All right. Now, hold on a goddamn minute. Now you're forcing me to Sorry. go off the script. We're going to flip the Sorry. script as um, and uh, yeah, it's a part-time gig, uh, passion project, if you will, um, a high school history teacher slash college professor. That's my fancy title. Um, you know, by day, that's my gig, uh, you know, teaching the youths. You're a college professor. Yeah. Where are you, uh, where are you teaching or where are you instructing at? We don't say teaching once you I, reach uh, the collegiate level, it's instructing. <laughs> right. I teach for uh, a local college here, uh, Polk State College here in uh, Winter Haven, Florida. I also do uh, New Hampshire University. Oh, yeah. Online. Nice. I see their commercials all the time. So great stuff. Um, right. Have you always been into live fire or is that something that you uh, for me, it was like a, a Father's Day get of a Weber Smoky Mountain and then the journey went from there around 2004 2005 what about you uh my whole deal with anything I'm doing related to barbecue started actually with a you know a, a fascination with the you know the cooking channel-esque shows of you know competitions I think it was a big giant this is pre-SCA much much earlier uh steak cook-off uh giant thing i thought that's pretty cool i'd like to learn more about that and and i saw folks judging it and thought hey that's a good gig so i uh, got into judging with kcbs <laughs> i remember distinctly reaching out locally uh um to say hey you know there's a competition here i think it was in bartow florida uh and anyone you know mind if i come hang out and see what you're doing and you know graciously chad ward uh who you are familiar with yes intimately um, yes uh and uh 
he yeah he and his crew let me come out and hang out and i'm very thankful because that was really my first foray uh in fact in true whiskey bent fashion wow. um they that, that was like trial by fire to, oh yeah they <laughs> you know i got behind the curtain saw the saw the secrets and uh and and they actually jumped from amateur to pro in that competition <laughs> to make it a jack qualifier which i thought was pretty legit of them to do and they hit the stage it was a great uh foray for them uh in, in the, that that weekend kevin sandra joining me here on the show from the barbecue beat bbqbeat.com is the website of course the podcast available on all podcast platforms so whichever one you decide to get your podcast through if you don't have it already you can go ahead and subscribe to that and get another live fire podcast in your podcast player and or platform when did you decide to get into covering Live Fire? I think prior to the podcast, you were even doing a blog of sorts, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, mid two thousands, early to mid two thousands, it was the the barbecue smoker site, uh, and I basically started throwing up some really terrible articles about you know <laughs> what I thought I knew about ribs at the time, and, uh, and then I started reading sites like you know Amazing Ribs and realized what am I doing? Um, but uh, slowly. Uh, built that up to a, a decent little bit of traffic. Um, then I, then that just kind of, I wanted to spread out a little more. Uh, so I, I converted over to the barbecue beat so I could kind of play on the barbecue, you know, being anything from grilling to low and slow to, you know, what have you. And that was also a blog till about uh, 2016 when I started the podcast, uh, if anyone's interested in hearing a really terrible show, that first episode, in fact, maybe the first few, terrible audio audio quality, uh, not so great production. I, I leave it up there just to remind myself of how far I've come. You know, yeah. I think that, you're a pretty that, good guy, days. Kevin, because I'm such an a-hole. I've reserved <laughs> the first dozen to two dozen and they've been relegated yeah. to just a hard disk somewhere. They're so bad. <laughs> okay. But, you know, so when I got into it, I mean, I, I, you started in 2016, so I started doing it 10 years previous to that. There wasn't a lot of help, technology, availability of no. a lot of anything then. So I was learning as I went. It was a lot of phone conference rooms that were recording, so everybody sounded like they were on a phone because everybody was on a phone. And it was just really bad. Plus... Yeah. At the time, I had the barbecueforyou.com forum, which was a place you could go and ask your questions. And you remember what forums Forums were, were all huge. about. They were, that was like oh, the technology God, of brethren, the day. Brethren, all those oh, guys. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Weber, yeah. Uh, Weber Smoke, or, uh, Virtual Weber Bullet, uh, the barbecue right. forum that Ray Basso had founded. Yeah. And so those were like mm -hmm. the hot technology back uh, late 90s and early 2000s. And you were in a self contained kind of, there was like a, a network you were part of early on, right? Smoke and ring. Before you kind of, yeah. But then everything was also contained within your site. I remember logging onto your show and it was all like kind of right there. Oh, like the yes. And everything yes, was all yes, like yes. self-contained. Yeah. Yep. So you had to be in the forum in order to, to hear the podcast. Original. Wow. I mean, it was so bad. But originally the podcast was just to separate from all the other forums that were coming out. And a lot of it was interviewing the forum members. Like, oh, here's Johnny J Barbecue two one seven six from, you know, Kissimmee, <laughs> Florida. You know, how did you get into barbecue? <laughs> or great. what do you, what's your favorite section of the forum? Of you know, blah blah blah. Yeah. And then it, it grew yeah. in from there. So 
to hear that compared to how it's been even the last 10 years, it's just incredibly bad, bad, bad stuff. And then in 2008, when the live show started, it really wasn't, it, it started back over again. It started bad again, but better than the podcast, but not as good as it is now. So like you said, it's maybe I should release those just so people can respect how much better this show sounds instead of just, you know, summarily <laughs> saying I'm a douche all the time. Uh, well, we, but, we've stepped but it man, up. You were, but you were still better than everything out there. And and I and I along with with many others, I just had a, a great chat with the uh, guys from uh, the Pitmasters podcast. You know them yeah. well. Yeah, I listened to that. Um, Thank you very Anthony much for the kind and, words. And Rusty, yeah, for sure. Um, and and like we said right there in the episode, I mean, you not only did you fight a pretty steep learning curve, you you've turned around and helped smooth and flatten that curve out for myself and and many others who have you know kind of you know behind the scenes heard from you and uh it means a lot man thanks so you get into the podcasting aspect of it why did you think podcasting was the way to go versus some other type of platform or technology uh i i think for me it was really a struggle to sit down and write articles for the blog that i thought were worth reading um you know, the longer they got, the more research heavy they got, the more I started to realize, wow, this is really, you know, and you, you end up with one piece of content. And even though it may be relatively evergreen, if you're just talking about like the history of Wagyu beef, um, that's always relevant because history is always history, but it's one piece of content versus the conversations that I was having off to the side. And I wanted to bring more of those to the forefront. And that led me into really having a desire to showcase people's stories, you know, the narratives behind why they do what they do and then kind of just fuel my own interest. I mean, quite honestly, I play pretty loose and fast with the phrase barbecue. I mean, I go from, you know, I, I, with the folks over at, you know, Sean and Mary with Vindulge, that's, that's grilling and, you know, live fire, a uh, direct grilling and uh, wine, right? Which wine doesn't, really factor into a lot of barbecue or conversations per se. But, uh, and we may talk, I may talk with a farmer. I may talk with somebody from, you know, a, a barbecue company, a product. It's just kind of what I find to be of interest at the time. Getting into the sixth year of the barbecue beat, has it been a national uh, or a natural evolution for the show as far as what you're covering? Or have you made concerted efforts to take the show this way? one or two years and then pivot and go in a separate way. I think it, it really just kind of follows along the line of, of, of what I see um, catching on or being, or being promoted well and of higher, higher quality. Uh, as we move forward, I, I try to find folks who are doing really good work, but maybe don't have a platform. That's one of the things I always try to make a, a concerted effort to do, uh, let people know more about what they're up to and, uh, open some eyes and some, some possibly some wallets, you know, to help folks out because everyone's doing some really good work out there and none of it's free. Uh, it's very costly to do what most of these folks do. And so I just play my little part to get their story out and to learn about more, learn more about what they're up to. Yeah. When you look back at the industry, when you originally started to cover it as the writer blogger and progressing into the podcaster. 
And then you look where we're at today here in 2022, just the beginning of it. What are the two or three biggest changes or evolutions or advancements that you've seen in your opinion? Well, I think the, uh, the rapid development of, of barbecue technology has really gone past what I maybe thought it would have gotten to um, if you would ask me six years ago, seven years ago. Um, you know, you and I have had conversations, had conversations with Derek Riches, who you also have part of as part of your show, with what's going on from that standpoint, and more specifically, maybe even some of the most recent you know stuff regarding what happens when when patents come into question. And my gosh, like some of the stuff that's going on with with that alone is is really a head scratcher. I've always looked at barbecue as being something that sort of lets people float along a, a rising tide that is indeed lifting all ships, but let's not kid ourselves. It's a big business. Um, you know, I used to make a lot of money off of affiliate sales. You know, Amazon used to pay 8% or more per sale. Now it's like two or 3%. And I mean, I still have them active on my site, but the links don't really bring in that much at all. And, um, you know, advertising and, and production, you know, has changed a lot, you know, uh, I don't have to tell you the, the world of Google and rankings and all that stuff is just silly. And then never mind in podcasting alone, like sometimes um, you really have to do your work to find out where you sit statistically. Uh, and it's, it's always a question mark as to where maybe what others are doing. And that's, it's something that I know you've, you've delved into. Um, it is still to this day, I, I, a little bit of a wild, wild west metrics are getting better, but, um, I just had to shift my mindset to just trying to continue to put good quality product out there and, uh, hope that my listeners appreciate it. You would broach the subject of barbecue being biz big business. So the last two questions I want to ask you about, I had asked Dustin green at the lead of the show in the first interview segment of the new Weber Grillmaster. His thoughts, if he had any, about the current lawsuit that's going on between Traeger and Green Mountain Grills. Uh, you know both companies. Uh, you know perhaps one a little bit better than the other. But as far as what they're um, in court over right now, if it goes one way, it does appear that it could have quite a domino effect. Maybe not as much for Weber. Uh, Dustin said that a lot of their Wi-Fi technology is patented already, so that might cover their ass. But a lot of these other guys are probably in any similar instance of green mountain grills so do you have a thought on how that might play out if it goes bad for green mountain grills well I'll, I'll say that i consider jason baker a friend of mine um i uh i have a lot of respect for what they what they are as a company what they stand for the kind of people they are um you know that's a personal standpoint from a business standpoint i i, I think that you know, there's a, there's maybe a question of letter versus spirit of the law here. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I'm wondering what the, other than trying to increase valuation of a, of a brand, I don't, I guess I don't see what the, the fruits of the labor of, of law, this lawsuit really is going to bring other than perhaps leaving a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth from a public relations standpoint on the point of Traeger. Traeger's done amazing work. You know, their leadership is, I mean, they've blown it out of the water. They've got a huge following. I, I can't take anything away from anything they've done, but sure. 
I mean, sometimes just because you can be the lion that smacks the mouse, do you need to be the lion that smacks the mouse? Kevin, last question before I let you go, and I appreciate the time. Uh, I'd asked Jess about thermostatically controlled gas grills. Meathead last week, uh, there was some diverging of opinions between the two, so let me ask you. Charbroil is bringing the crews out here in a month or two or three or whenever the hell they get them in here, and that's going to be the first thermostatically controlled gas grill. Do you see this as being something that will open a floodgate? I thought Weber was actually going to be coming one uh, out with one today too, but I was wrong about that. But do you see, since one is coming, that this will be now the new table stake or not necessarily? It's not something that I've always sort of wondered about. Man, like, it, you know, this is something I really want. Or when are they going to come out with this product? I, My experience with gas grills has always been more or less direct grilling, right? So I I, I don't know, man. I, it's not going to change my life. It's it's not something I'm going to rush out to, to get hold of. Um, I mean... But but the bean counters and the and, and the statistical folks that get maybe they maybe Charbroil's got a lot of requests for this and 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 maybe they're just trying to to answer those. But it's definitely not been on my radar, and it's it's nothing that I can see myself taking or making any use of in the near future. Really, if you're looking for another podcast that covers the live fire industry and highlights some really great stories, you want to check out the Barbecue Beat, the website bbqbeat.com. And, of course, available on all the podcast platforms. So whichever one you like, if you're not already subscribed, go ahead and give Kevin a listen and see what you think. Kevin, really appreciate you coming on tonight, letting us get to know you a little bit. Really appreciate your support over the years and the way you're covering the industry and look forward to doing this a little bit more regularly. Yeah, thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. You got it. There he is, Kevin Sandridge right there, Barbecue Beat host. And, again, if you haven't listened to it, a uh, little bit different uh, show that he's doing and uh, definitely worth the listen. All right. Let's go ahead and try and get out of here in 20 seconds. All the way back in the first hour, it was first timer Dustin Green, Weber's Grillmaster, Weber.com, talking about the new Genesis. Then we had David McDowell from DavidLeans.com slash BBQ. Just Priles let off the second hour, JustPriles.com and HardcoreCarnivore.com and then ending it with Kevin Sandridge from the Barbecue Beat, BBQBeat.com. Big show planned for you next week. How do I always leave you? September 11, 2001. I will never forget until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Greppy. Good night now! This is Doug Scheiding of Rogue Cookers, Texas Embedded Correspondent. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show.